Hi, I'm Marianne Talkovsky, and you're listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With over a decade of experience as a holistic health practitioner and face reader, I've read hundreds of faces and elevated how many people see themselves. Every person's facial features tell a story of who they are and who they came to be. And in this podcast, you will hear what people see and learn about themselves while looking in the mirror. You won't want to miss an episode, so be sure to subscribe. Victoria Maldonado is a happy mom, wife, and author who is at peace with herself and a follower of Christ after hitting rock bottom. She describes her story of spiraling through self-destruction, first through infidelity, then prolific sexual debauchery, manic adrenaline-seeking, emotionally damaging behavior, all of this which led her to toss away her career as a teacher. She's now an author that seeks to write truth and authenticity in her fiction and spread the love with works of faith while also supporting the creative works of others. Her story of transformation has already inspired hundreds. Listen till the end as she shares what she feels humanity needs the most. Okay, so I'm Marianne Telkovsky with Humanity Speaks, The Human in the Mirror. So I'm here today with Victoria Maldonado, and I'm excited to have you here today. Thank yeah, you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So as I start with everyone, I know you have your mirror handy. Mm-hmm. So. Got it. <laughs> Perfect. How would you describe what your face looks like feature wise or anything that stands out or what you've seen a reflection to listeners that are not seeing you? Mm-hmm. Um, I've always particularly liked my eyes and um, my mouth. That's what kind of stands out to me. Um, and the wrinkles are starting, <laughs> but I can't be too upset about that. I mean, I, I often look younger than I um, so I'm like, that's cool. Um, I don't know, but I, it's fairly balanced and I don't do much to it. <laughs> okay. And yeah. what do you like about your eyes? Um, the color, um, I never realized, um, the color was interesting until I was teaching, um, students from Mexico and Puerto Rico and they're, they were just like fascinated, um, cause they all have the brown eyes and, and brown hair, but they would be standing next to me and just kind of like, whoa, miss your eyes are so cool. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. So what color are they? Um, they're like a hazel. It's a, they changed from green to brown and depending on the light. So it's kind of fun, I guess. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then what do you like about your lips? Um, they've just always been a really nice shape. I think um, a lot of people like pay for <laughs> lips that are, are, it's kind of that, I don't know if it's really, you would call it the Cupid's bow, but um, it's got a really defined upper, upper, upper lip and they're full. And, you know, I, those are the two things that I've really liked about my face throughout the years. So. Perfect. Yeah. How would you describe your eyebrows? Um, they are natural, um, but they are, you know, they're, they're there, but they're not overly full. I don't think, um, I know a lot of people tweeze them. I I don't really understand doing that. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, they, they're good shape. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to describe it, but like a tiny peak right above where the iris is. Mm -hmm. Like it looks like there's fullness 
towards the uh, first third or half mm -hmm. and then they lighten. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. All right. And then how would you describe your face shape? Um, a little rounded, um, I guess, um, slightly oval vertically, but, um, fairly round, I guess. I don't know. And been changing a lot in the past couple of months. So I'm not even sure. Oh, how, how so? Um, I've just recently lost 60 pounds. And so I've gotten kind of the face shape back that I like to see in the mirror. Um, and yeah, so it's a little, it's less round than it has been in the past. So yeah. And 60 I do have defined cheekbones, but they're, they're still kind of hidden. So. Okay. You lost 60 pounds. Was that by effort or? I just did um, the Weight Watchers program. Um, just count, making sure I'm conscious about what I'm eating and making a effort to, to portion control. <laughs> so. Okay, great. So it was a healthy lifestyle choice yes. for uh, being sick or anything like that. Yeah. So, okay, great. And then how would you describe your hairline, Victoria? Um, I've always liked it. Um, I have a fairly, um, high forehead, but it's not uncomfortably high. I don't think. Um, but yeah, the it's, it's, uh, it hugs the face nicely. I don't have any recession or anything. So I like it. it looks like you've got some wispy hairs, a little bit of wispy hair. Um, yeah, usually, um, a, a, a minor widow's peak. It's not super defined, but it's there. Yeah. And some wispiness. Okay. Excellent. And then when you look at the mirror, is there anything that you don't like about your face or in the past may have not liked? Dark circles under the eyes. <laughs> I can't seem to get rid of that. Okay. Um, and oh, I have a, a mole on my chin that my husband loves to fixate on and it really annoys me. <laughs> okay. But it's, it's been there for as long as I can remember. So those are often called beauty marks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, and then dark circles, have they always been there or is that something that's come up over time? Um, over time, but probably from early twenties on, um, I didn't used to sleep very much. Uh, just, I didn't, or didn't want to, or something like that. So it just kind of increases over time a little. So, so early twenties, you said you didn't sleep much. Was there anything also in particular that was possibly tragic or traumatic, um, mm -hmm. at the early, at, at, at that time of life for you? Yeah. Well, in late, late twenties, um, very, very tempestuous and tragic. Um, I was married previously and that whole thing fell apart, um, through my own infidelity. Um, and so it kind of just went downhill and my late twenties to early thirties were very, very rough and tumultuous and got myself into really terrible relationships and like, mentally and emotionally abusive relationships. Um, so yeah, it kind of took a toll a little bit. Okay. So what was, what was the most tragic about those experiences for you? Um, really losing the person I thought I was, that was pretty, probably the most tragic um, for me because I'd always consider myself a good person who played by the rules, who did was, was expected. And then all of a sudden I found myself in this situation where I had done one of the most cardinal sins you can do in a relationship. And, um, I lost who I was in that. And then I went even darker and deeper into the awfulness by doing even worse things. 
um, compounding upon um, what I'd already done. It was kind of the concept of, hey, I'm, I'm in for a penny, might as well be in for a pound, or the glass is already broken, so why not keep breaking it? So one of those um, metaphors. And I really spiraled down to emotional rock bottom and also just kind of depravity um, in the sexual sphere. And so, yeah, it, it, it was, uh, I lost myself there for a while. Yeah. Okay. So I want to just pause because there were a couple of things you mentioned about your features that are very charming um, and, and sexually appealing. The widow's peak, the cupid's bow, um, the color of your eyes, even the peak in the brow that I mentioned, those are all fire energy and fire is all about the flame that wants to just connect. There's a lot of strong, um, you know, desires and passion. And so, um, that is a subtlety that I see in your face that all these features complement each other. It sounds like um, you said you lost yourself. There, there must have been some kind of reason or some trigger that led you to making that choice of infidelity. Um, well, in, in the moment of it, my ex-husband and I were in this group of friends um, who it was funny for the girls to kiss each other or something like that. And he just kind of stood by and watched this stuff happen. But then it turned into one night where somebody gave me attention that I wasn't getting from him. And it just, it started with the phone call. Then it started with flirtatious comments. And then it was just a, a bad situation at that time. And it wasn't even, a, it wasn't even a long-term affair. It was just a one time. This was a this was a decision. I have to live with that decision, but it basically broke me down. Um, so yeah, it came from, I wasn't having that passion, having that attention where I was and just a, a little, a hand on the leg and a comments, a really nice comments. And that kind of shoved me off into the, the bad part. <laughs> so. Yeah. Fire is all about being seen and that connection. And one of the biggest fears when someone has a lot of fire energy that they may experience is one, isolation or abandonment. So being left alone and two, being rejected. Mm -hmm. And that experience of not getting the attention is somewhat of a rejection. Um, and then third is betrayal. And it sounds like you're on the other side of it. And, um, it being the person that had um, committed the betrayal. So well, I had, I had really extreme issues forgiving myself for what I had done. So maybe that kind of plays into that a little bit. Um, Cause my ex-husband was willing to try to forgive and move past and work through it, but I wasn't willing to forgive myself and I couldn't forgive him for being willing to forgive me. So I don't know if that illustrates that a little. Absolutely. Well, that was my next question because it sounds like there's still some tendency to be hard on yourself about it. Um, I know you've come, you know, you've, you've evolved beyond it and you've done work beyond that as well. Um, but do you, do you feel like there's still some work to do there in terms of forgiving yourself? 
Um, not, not really. Um, I like to remember it because it helps me help other people. Um, I have recently in the past, what is it? Eight years now, um, come a, a journey to faith and, um, excuse me. And I'm able to use my story of what I went through and how I was in that moment to help others realize that they too can come to forgiveness and, and get to that point. And so, um, I tend to live in it and kind of speak to it as if I'm still in the emotions, but I'm really not. Um, but I do reflect a good deal and I like to remind myself that I was there and that was not a good place for me. And so it's, it's more of a not wanting to go back there. So I, keep it fairly present, but it doesn't weigh down on me anymore. Okay. Wonderful. What would you say to someone that has been going through this experience of not forgiving themselves, whether it's um, a past relationship or choices, behaviors, things that they may feel terrible about doing? Um, You said you had a journey of faith. What would you say to someone? What would you want them to know in terms of getting to where you feel you are? Yeah. And forgiveness is as much is so hard to forgive yourself because you are with yourself 24 seven, 365 days. You cannot get away from yourself. And so, you know, every little nook and cranny and, you know, every little secret, you know, every little thought. So it's really hard to forgive yourself. But one of the things that we promote and we ask people to do is share your story with others because you are not alone. Um, you will realize that other people have gone through maybe not the same thing, but things on a similar theme or with a similar resonance. I mean, I went so far as to have a sexual addiction at one point. And so we have other people in a, we, I do a group called alpha and it's a place to come and ask questions and explore faith. Um, but we've had people come in with drug addictions, alcohol addictions, and all those other kinds of addictions. And all of those things have a similarity to them that just help people resonate. So really it's not keeping it to yourself, sharing with others and seeking that forgiveness with other people. But even more importantly, for me personally, it's, it's understanding that God forgives you and does not care. He just wants you to get to a point where you can forgive yourself. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. So that's really beautiful. It sounds like, so I know whenever people are dealing with feeling terrible or feeling guilty or feeling shame Mm -hmm. about something that's happened, they tend to hide. And Mm -hmm. you're saying, it sounds like bring it to the light by sharing it, which, you know, even in my work as a coach, that's one of the things I often encourage people to do is to share Mm -hmm. their experiences to come out of shame. Because one of the most humbling things in my experience is I did feel that shame. It was a deep-seated, rooted shame. Um, And until I actually brought that shame out in front of my entire church, like when I got, I got baptized and I wrote this testimony that laid everything out on the table. And I'm like, I know God forgives me. I'm working on forgiving myself. I have to put it out in front of the people that I'm doing life with. If they reject me, so be it, but I have to get it out there. And I got no rejection. And that was um, a most like just it was a mind blowing experience, just kind of realizing that other people have things that are going on in their lives as well. And sharing it is really the way to get beyond 
that shame piece. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I love what you just said there, because a lot of times people won't share what they feel shameful about for fear of judgment. And you're saying, you know, bringing it out to the light into like a community and having that almost internal dialogue that, you know, if someone's going to reject me, okay, so be it. I need to release this anyway. And it's terrifying. It is 100% terrifying in the moment. And you really have to somehow gain gain that perspective that it will be okay. Ultimately it's, it's so scary in the moment. I remember shaking (laughs) when I was getting ready to do that. And yeah, it's, it's not easy. It takes a lot of strength. And, um, but the payout is so much better than that uh, momentary discomfort. Yeah. It sounds like there's relief and release. Mm -hmm. Um, which I'm, you know, forgiveness tends to bring that. And it sounds like too, part of what helped you to get past the, if people are going to reject me, so be it was and is your connection with a higher power Mm -hmm. relationship with a higher power. Yeah. So, yeah, that's been life changing for me. Um, I mean, I am not opposed to people believing whatever they're going to believe, but for me, that was my shift. And that was my, um, pivot moments, um, to being able to actually look at myself in the mirror and not hate myself. Cause I had, I got to that point at one point, it wasn't because I hated my features or anything like that. It was just, I hated the person I had become. I hated the person I saw. Um, but now I can and look in the mirror and I'm like, I have come through that and I am on a path that's good for me. Oh my gosh, Victoria, I love that you just said that because I often feel when we're afraid of people rejecting us or we're stuck in that fear of judgment, a lot of it most oftentimes has to do with us rejecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the sh- and shame does that. It's, it's a shame spiral and it really, um, you see the worst in yourself, but that worst in yourself most often is similar to the worst in other people. And if we just um, get together and kind of share it, the burden on ourselves becomes a lot less. And that opens doors to possibilities, to relationships, um, to everything that you can do that's positive in this world. Yeah. I'm curious. Okay. So I mentioned the wispiness in your hairline, and then it also seems like it's a little uneven, like it's not, you have a slight widow's peak like me. Um, but there's also an unevenness. It's not like perfectly shaped, um, or groomed. So, um, what that can represent in Chinese face reading is a lot of times when people have those wispy hairs that come down a little bit and yours aren't like all the way close to your brow or anything, but they're, they're there. Um, that has to do with a relationship with mother, having a close relationship with mother. What's interesting though, is you have a jagged forehead or jagged hairline and that signifies maternal figure didn't always show or teach social graces. So I'm curious if that resonates or if there's something to that for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm like smiling because it's very true. Um, my mother tried to teach social graces and I kind of rejected a lot of it. Um, she's very particular about appearance and everything like that. But I'm like, eh, I, I need to work on my internal person. I don't need to work on that necessarily. Um, but yeah, no, we've had a very rocky relationship. Um, she hundred percent loves me, cares for me. 
and, and has been there for me, but I always had this feeling like she was continually judging me. And I, I, I pushed back and, and gave a little rejection toward that. And so I, I think that is kind of talking to the point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just like, it is what it is. <laughs> but yeah, now we're in a good place. Um, she's finally like, feels like she's proud of me, um, which isn't essential to my well-being, but it's certainly a, a large component. So, but yeah, and we're finally in a good place, but it was very rocky and pushed back for quite a long time. Yeah, like when I say close relationship, there are like close dynamic, even Mm -hmm. like lessons to learn. Um, You know, it it sounds like your mom even modeled the judgment piece for you a little. Yeah. So, um, and it makes you wonder what she's saying to herself. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Now, do you have kids? I do. Um, I have five year old twins. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I know that you had mentioned you um, wrote a you you're writing a couple of children's books. You've wrote written one, yeah. and you're launching one this this week, even. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I write um, women's fiction. So I've I mean, I've got novels that are published in kind of the women's fiction slash romance genre, and and also children's books. And I've published a poetry anthology for um, a friend who uh, passed from suicide a couple of years ago. So yeah, I'm a writer. So I don't know if that goes for the passion thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> you mentioned your forehead was high. A lot of times when people have the higher forehead and even the space of your forehead, it's a tendency to show people are often in their heads. And what I like about your widow's peak is that it's not only charm, but it's creativity. Mm. So it's taking that you know, being in your head at, into a creative method. So it totally makes sense. That's your, that you're a writer. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear more about your children's book. Yeah. Um, the first one I've published is called Bartleby the Brave and it's a book about kindness and bravery um, and kindness really in the face of bullying because the main character is, is essentially bullied, but then the bully gets into trouble and he is kind and helps that bully out. So it's, it's that kind of message. And then my new book, it's called uh, Tears for the Butterfly. That is a book about empathy, love, and compassion and how that ripples out into the world and what that means for the community, really. So and it, it's it's kind of um, got a faith message, but it's it's buried enough. So if people aren't into, into faith, it's still just a good uh, lesson about love and compassion. What compels you to write for children? For children, I want them to have good messages. And I, I use a rhyming cadence, which um, is fun for language play and language acquisition. Um, but then the messages, I just want them to, to come, come out of there with good values. Even if they don't understand everything in the book at this point, they'll just like, oh, that was really nice with that butterfly I did for that turtle, or, you know, or whatever. Um, so it's, it's about being a good person, having good values, seeing how the world should be. And that's kind of the the lessons I want to want to send out to kids. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And just piggybacking off that based on everything you've shared and everything you've experienced thus far in your life, what would you say that he feel humanity needs the most? I feel humanity needs love, straight up love. I mean, we need to love people from all different backgrounds, all different orientations, all different everything. The world is a wonderful place with the diversity that we have in it. 
and to try to push away that diversity or to negate the value of those, all those different diverse communities is the worst thing we can do. But yet that is what so many people do. Um, So if we just love and embrace and accept and enjoy and experience the differences of everybody else as much as we can all over the world, the world will be so much nicer. Uh, Here, here. And I love that the fire type says love. (laughs) That that is the energy of of fire. So, um, well, Victoria, I always invite people to look in the mirror one final time. So if you have your mirror handy, I'd love to hear when you look at your reflection based on everything you shared and what we talked about, if there's anything else that you, you see, you notice. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, and the wrinkles are starting to get to me, but um, I don't know. I've always, my nose is kind of um, compact and small. I come from a Polish background and that's not always the case, um, but I Polish and then English as well. Um, so I've, I've always liked the shape of my nose. So I don't know if you have anything on that. <laughs> um, so you have a small nose again, charm. Um, and what you, what's interesting though, about what you said is, um, your, your background or your teaching to kids from Mexico and Puerto Rico, and they noticed your eyes are different because do you have a Hispanic background? No, I do not. Um, I'm married to someone from Mexico, um, but I myself do not have any Hispanic background. Okay. So, so they're noticing a different, Mm -hmm. um, feature. And then you just mentioned also what's standard in Polish background, different feature. So you are like a standout, but in a very subtle way. So, um, the other thing I want to mention is, um, what wrinkles are you noticing that you're not so fond of? Just, um, kind of the, the crow's feet and a little bit in my forehead, but I mean, I'm nearly 44 and I have no gray and, um, you know, the wrinkles are just starting to come out. So I couldn't, can't be that upset about it. Yeah. So I, I noticed you're pointing to that area. So I just wanted to make sure listeners, yeah. could, you know, be aware of what you're pointing to. So those lines, the crow's feet, those are called joy lines okay. and joy is the emotion of the heart. So um, you've probably heard the phrase, you know, a true smile extends from the lips to the eyes. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. So, so it really is, you know, it's, it's my um, intention for people in the Western world to be more accepting of crow's feet instead mm-hmm. of trying to live a, an unlined life and unlined face, you know, um, showing we came here to learn lessons and experience things. And our face is an expression of who we are, who we came to be, our patterns, our challenges, everything. And to have joy in our lives is a gift. So you're right on track with that. (laughs) Well, how can people find you, Victoria? Yeah. Um, all my books and all of my, everything I've done is on my website. It's www.victoriajhyla.com and Hyla is H Y L A. Um, so that, that has every link to everything. So that's probably the nice, the best one-stop shop, but I'm on all the social medias as well. And those can be found on my website. Wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you sharing today and 
Um, I'm excited to learn more about your your writing cadence. Um, you said Tears for the Butterfly. Yeah, Tears for the Butterfly is the newest children's book, and then Bartleby the Brave, and then again I have my. Uh, women's fiction novels, which really go deep into all of these things we've been talking about today, which is kind of interesting. Um, and there's really good messages about self-acceptance and, and forgiveness and that kind of stuff. Um, and those are called the Hearts Drawn Wild Trilogy. And yeah, I love to do what I do. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With the rise of social media engagement and video conference calls, many people are feeling more self-conscious about seeing themselves face on. I believe that if you love yourself when you see yourself, you elevate humanity, which is why I've created programs to help people love who they see in the mirror. I wanna show you how to look at yourself with love, compassion, and acceptance, so you can share your strengths, presence, and talents with pride. The best part is we can work together one-on-one in a group program or even in person. Simply visit MarianneTelkovsky.com or follow me on Instagram at MarianneTelkovsky and we can get started right now on your path to radical self-acceptance, healthy aging, and building your radiant energy. Until next time, signing off, this is Marianne Telkovsky with Humanity Speaks.